Petri Dish is a product of Petri Dish Media, all rights reserved. Petri Dish is a science comedy podcast and should not be used as medical advice. Do not get medical advice from a podcast. And therefore, as a free man, I take pride in the words, Ich bin ein Science! Science! Yes. I know the human being and science can just peacefully. This was their finest. Guys, welcome to Petri Dish. I'm Nathan. I'm Sean. Welcome to part two of our very, very calm and nonchalant <laughs> episodes on stress. Yeah. The first episode, we were talking about hormones, right? We talked about cortisol. We talked about the catecholamines that are running around, like epinephrine, adrenaline, right? Mm. So we were talking about all of that. This time around, we're going to be taking one step back from there. Where do they come from? Right. Who makes these things? Exactly. And then after we do a little bit of discussion about the things that help create the cortisol, right? we're going to talk about an example of stress causing a bodily issue, in this case, hair loss. Right. And we're going to say like, hey, is it real that stress can cause hair loss and that it can cause like hair graying and stuff like that? Right. Because I, just, I wanted to put that little break in there because after we talk about today's shit, which is called the HPA axis. Yes. There is still a whole extra huge fucking chunk of brain neuron shit, neuroscience stuff, that just does not fucking fit into this episode. All right, okay? guys. And so then that'll be next time. But this time. Right. Guys, look forward to stress part two, lessons of Q. Who's injecting you with adrenaline? Fuck. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's get into it, I guess. Okay, cool. Okay, Sean, so you very provocatively named this episode in our notes the HPA Axis of Evil, which is a good uh, reference to a time when Republicans were wise and just, and all they did was start foreign of wars and kill hundreds of thousands of innocent foreigners. Yeah, those were the days. Mm. Um, so the reason I called it that is because there's something called the HPA Axis, and the HPA Axis ends with the release of things like adrenaline and cortisol. And HPA stands for hypothalamus pituitary adrenal, okay? And so, in sort of the same fashion that we've been doing so far with stress, we're going to work backwards through that. So we're going to start with the adrenal, okay? And the adrenal gland is the one that makes the cortisol and the adrenaline. And right, like that. cool. Okay, so it's these two kind of cottage cheesy looking motherfuckers hanging out on top of your kidneys. How do they stay together if they're cottage cheese? My they cottage cheese starts to... They have like a little thin see-through like membrane that's holding the cottage cheese together. Does it taste like it? Is it like foie gras? Uh, that's a good question. I've never... It's not a good question, dude. That. It's not a good question. Ah, uh, the police are coming. They heard me. Yeah. They heard my question. Yeah. No, copper, I never eaten an adrenal gland. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I imagine it doesn't taste good. <laughs> so they hang out on top of your kidneys, okay? And they secrete out a bunch of hormones that are important as fuck, not just cortisol, but also aldosterone, which is really important for like your blood pressure and your blood saltiness level. Right. DHEA, which is a 
steroid that's a precursor to estrogen and testosterone and a bunch of other sex hormones. Does that mean your body can just throw in a couple other things there and it turns into those? Right, yeah. So basically, the adrenal gland makes the DHEA, and then that will, like, travel to your ovaries or testes or something like that. Right. And then can get turned into the other hormones. Right. Right. And then you have epinephrine and norepinephrine, and we actually talked about those in the last episode, right? Right. So all of those guys are made by the adrenal gland. Okay. And the adrenal gland, actually, you know, this is maybe a little personal aside, but the adrenal gland, when it has a tumor or something like that, it's called pheochromocytoma. Yeah. And that's actually what our uncle suffered from. Right. Right. And when you have a little tumor on the adrenal gland, whether it's cancerous or not, that can cause the adrenal gland to sort of send out spurts of hormone inappropriately. Yeah. Right. And so that can cause things like all of a sudden you have your fight or flight response, your heart's beating like crazy, your blood pressure shoots up. For no external reason. Yeah. Right? And so that's just an example. The adrenal gland is clearly super, super important, and it can affect your body so significantly that even just a little tumor on there can set things off really crazy. Don't get rid of it, guys. Yeah. Keep them around. Keep them around if you can. Don't cut it out. Yes. I know that's all the rage. I was driving up (laughs) Western, right, into Beverly Hills. I saw a big sign that was like, Dr. Javardi's like free adrenaline removal clinic <laughs> and i was like that's a bad idea it's like a adrenalectomy I think yeah it's yeah i was like lose two pounds get rid of your adrenaline gland and i was like i don't know guys we've gone too far they're definitely not two pounds they're way lighter than that anyway <laughs> hey any it's ounce not, counts it, it's not a good weight loss technique everybody any ounce counts when you're looking for the next pta meeting all right so that was the a in hpa adrenal glands yes right but we got a p who gives the adrenal glands the order Right? Like, they're the ones that are making the hormones and shooting them out into the blood. But where's that coming from? Because that shit, that cottage cheese shit is sitting on top of your kidneys. And when I think about stress, again, I'm thinking, and that shit's in the brain. Right. right? Oh, yeah. That's a good point. So, (laughs) (laughs) I think of that. So, my stress is all in my bladder. (laughs) Where's the brain part of the stress? And the pituitary is the first that we're gonna be getting to that. I see you have this little ball sack looking diagram in our notes. Yes. I actually specifically included this picture because I wanted you to be the one to call it a ball sack. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, You tricked me. You know, you left the carrot out under a box and I'm I'm too dumb a bunny to realize what you're doing. Yeah, so in HPA axis, the P is pituitary gland and yeah, it's another fucking gland, which means it secretes shit. Okay, yes. Okay. Glands secrete things. Yes. And so people who know a lot about anatomy might not be surprised about this, but the pituitary gland is considered a master gland Mm. in that it secretes out hormone signals that tell other glands all over the body to do stuff. Okay, cool. Okay. So for example, it will release prolactin and prolactin goes to the breasts to sort of set up lactation. Cool. Vasopressin to the kidneys. TSH to the thyroid, FSH and LH to the ovaries and testes, growth hormones are like fucking all over your body to like tell you to be big and shit like that. Yeah. Uh, like um, different kinds of uh, gigantism yeah. right, are pituitary issues. Okay. Because you get like too much growth hormone going, right? So it's kind of this master and it is also in control in that sense of the adrenal gland. Okay. So the adrenal gland is just another in this whole list of glands that right, the pituitary cool. is responsible for. Okay. But again, the pituitary is a gland. It's not really doing a bunch of its own thinking. Right. And that's because it itself is getting signals from its next door neighbor in the brain. Oh, shit. Which is the hypothalamus. Okay, cool. So the hypothalamus is actually a very important kind of 
almond-sized part of your brain. That's pretty small. I don't know if uh, anything that small can be important. (laughs) It controls shit like body temperature, hunger, attachment behaviors, thirst, fatigue, sleep, circadian rhythms. That stuff is dumb, dude. That stuff's so easy. I care about the part of my brain that thinks about geometry. And uh, the platonic truth behind the universe that's and coming. esoteric laws. That's next episode, actually. Oh, it is? <laughs> yeah. I'm kidding. I don't want to talk about any of that <laughs> shit. <laughs> well, in the hypothalamus, it helps translate a lot of neuronal signals from the rest of your brain into neurohormone signals, right? So it's kind of like this translation center. You should make an album called Neuronal. Just, it's like you is and that good for you? Yeah, it's like you and Elton Brown doing music. I don't know why Alton Brown is just, he seems like he would make a bad nerdy album. I get that, like, it's doing something inside of you, but neuronal is just another word to me. So, like, they, what? Yeah. You're crazy. It's just another word, baby. It's a fun word, though. Neuronal. All right. See, isn't it all coming together now in your well, head? Well, put it out there for the listeners. Do you find neuronal to be a funny type word, intrinsically? Look, and then you're saying it's sexy like that? You were like, neuronal. And it's like, Sean. <laughs> <laughs> we're trying to talk about science here not massage <laughs> i figured if you're gonna get hard at some point in an episode i'd like to at least have some control over when how about neuronal vigor that's like a kind of neuronal i like that vigor. that sounds like anyway okay well fuck so <laughs> hypothalamus stress so in a stress type situation the hypothalamus can get signals from other parts of the brain and then secrete out a signal called corticotropin releasing hormone hmm. it's a little peptide goober And that hormone heads over to the pituitary gland and tells the pituitary gland to ramp up its production of ACTH, which is the hormone that the pituitary gland sends out to go to the adrenal gland way over by the kidneys. And then the adrenal gland releases the cortisol. Okay, that's cool. Okay, Okay, and and still at the end of the day, we're talking intermediary group of glands and crap, right? Like we eventually still need to talk about like who watches the Watchmen? Like, who is the man of Oz behind the mask? Like, there's still, someone is still sending signals to the hypothalamus. Yeah, so the hypothalamus, in the stress sense, is a very important clearance center for then sending out the signals to the rest of the body. Right. right? And integrating a lot of the signals from the rest of the brain. But there are some major parts of the brain that are important for both the conscious and unconscious perception of threats did you ever watch american factory the documentary on netflix no the obamas i think were eps on it it was Uh. it was a really good documentary about like when a chinese conglomerate took over an american factory to produce some shit right um and it was it was really interesting the reason i bring it up though is like the adrenal gland is like the factory workers on the floor right and then the uh, pituitary gland is like their chinese heads of their particular groups Right, who have to like give them orders, but they get orders from like the manager of the factory, and that's the hypothalamus. But there's still some shadowy fucking Bill Gates type being there, being like, "Put vaccines in every car." I'm just yeah. kidding, but like, but like, yeah. but like, they still need seat level executive decisions. Right, and I am excited for us to talk about in the next episode because a lot of what I think about stress is still conscious perceptions of stress. Right, right. it's stuff that I think about. But there's an entire set of shit that goes on in your brain, completely unconscious perception of mm, threats. Like wanting to bang your brother. <laughs> That's quite conscious, it's, actually. It's the idea that like people can sense that there's a threat before they fully recognize what it is. Right. 
So like people can jump out of the way of a car before they like really get that there's a car. I mean, that's something to talk about are the ways that like we condition these unconscious responses socially, right? Right, actually, that will come up a little bit in uh, the emotional coding of memory. Very sexy. I think in sociology, they call that interaction theory. Yeah? Yeah, very exciting. All right. Yeah. Uh, let's take a break, and then when we come back, we're going to do a little segue dance into talking about a specific instance of stress-related mm. body business. We're going to talk about hair loss. Yeah. My name is Jimmy Coconuts, and you're here with me for a presidential debate. I'm joined here today with Sean David Allen, scientist and presidential hopeful. Vision 2020. Yay. Question number one. Which socialist thinker has most impacted your thinking and why? For your Bellamy. Shit. Say Bellamy. Huh? Bernie Sanders. India or Pakistan, which one? Oh, shit. I guess I would go with... Kill him! Wow. ProPublica report shows that the combined budget of all George Lucas films made between 1995 to 2020 could have saved the lives of 4 million Central Africans. Oh my Should God. George Lucas be executed for crimes against humanity? Probably yes. Yay! Probably yes. You, you said 1995? He's got my Then vote. definitely yes. Thank you, Dr. Allen, for a vigorous debate. It's 2020, people. Go vote. Yay! So now we have a segue. Right? <laughs> it's funny because it's it's tight. You know, Sean has in the notes segue. And um, I actually don't usually read that word, I guess. I don't know why. But like, so literally when I first saw it, I was like, oh, segue. I was like, maybe a French gland. It's funny because the segue spelling that makes more sense is those stupid things that people <laughs> ride around on. Oh, guys, I, I work at the airport as a bartender. And <laughs> in the airport, the police have segues. And in COVID, man... Fuck those guys. They just zip around for fun. Like, they don't have shit to do. I mean, there was never a terrorist anyway. <laughs> but now there's like, really not? Security theater. Yeah, there's no one to even harass. And so they're just like zipping around in the segments. Having a great time. I've like so often thought about trading wine for a ride on a segway through an airport because you can go just like 20 miles per hour. It's super dangerous. <laughs> All right, that's great. So we basically have finished up what I wanted to say about the HPA axis. Which everyone should remember, because next episode we're going to be incorporating that into the rest of the brain shit. But we've gotten this far, right? Like an episode and a half into stress and haven't talked about like a single, like real thing that people care about with stress. Right. You know? Now let's go to the big one, because 99% of our audience uh, feel very insecure. <laughs> Why are they losing hair? Yeah. So does stress lead to hair loss, first of all? And then second of all, does stress cause your hair to turn gray? Oh, Barack Obama. Yeah. Yeah, okay. All right, so let's start out. You know, his hair ain't gray. Donald Trump. You know why? <laughs> He's doing a great job. <laughs> no <That's> stress. <laughs> nothing to be stressed about when you're uh, saving the country from pedophiles. So much winning. Okay, uh, so does stress cause hair loss? First of all, there are a lot of ways that people can lose hair. Okay, there's yeah. a lot of causes. The one that is most likely to be connected to stress is, is called, I rip it out of your head when I'm mad at you. It's right called telogen effluvium. Okay, telogen effluvium, the elven prince, causes hair loss. So effluvium is a word that means an unpleasant secretion or discharge. I'm going to start using that a lot more. <laughs> I, uh, I have a lot of effluvian problems. <laughs> and in this case, I think the unpleasant part is that you're losing hair. 
and that the discharge is just the hair falling out of your head. Oh, okay. Telogen, the telogen part of this, refers to that part of the hair cycle. Right. So hair grows in a certain kind of cycle that we're going to talk about in a second. But basically, every strand of hair goes through phases. The first phase is anagen, and in anagen, it's active hair growth. Mm. Okay? So it's getting longer. I'm an energetic bitch. You're growing that strand. I am. I'm growing, baby. And then there's a brief phase called catagen. And catagen is your growth stops, and the hair root kind of moves a little bit. Some cells that were previously working mm. are getting uh, killed off. The entwives. Yeah. Keep going. <laughs> <laughs> or like it's like a cat going through and slaughtering all of these songbirds in your neighborhood. That's terrible. <laughs> uh, I and, hate cats. <laughs> keep them inside, everybody. They're very dangerous out there. <laughs> cats are very... Even if they're not very good killers, they're still good enough killers of all the birds in places. Uh, Gotta keep them inside. Anyway. Get some cat fur. What? Oh, I didn't tell you that. So I was in Korea. There is this amazing Vietnamese ghetto that I went to. I tell you what, dude, food, systemic poverty go great together. So I went Jesus. to this I went to this Vietnamese ghetto in Korea and there's this amazing menu. It's the best Vietnamese food I ever had. And at this restaurant they had like the first page was all turtle. It was like turtle soup, turtle whatever. Second page was all dog, and the third page was all cat. You had to get to page eighteen to get to beef. It was the best fucking shit I've ever had, dude. I've never had better cat. Like ever in my life. And dude, we're from Oklahoma. <laughs> so well, the, the you know, people just heard some shit. <laughs> you know, I mean, one of the things that they like to do in Oklahoma, very famously a Creole area, is known Rushambal Javola. And that's where you just put any roadkill you found in a three mile radius and just throw it all in a stoop with a stone. <laughs> right? A couple carrots if you got them, if you're lucky, if you just like raided the Dollar General the other day. And like, so I don't know if I've had cat. In yeah, Oklahoma. okay, okay, everybody out there. Nathan hasn't actually had cat. Like, ever, ever, uncancel the podcast, please. Thank you. Okay, anyway. So catagen is a phase. Yeah. And then after that is telogen. And telogen is the resting phase. So your hair is already, it's all done grown, right? It's already yeah. moved up to the skin surface. And it's just hanging out for a while. Your hair strand isn't getting any longer. Yeah. And usually it's easier to pull out or fall out. Right, that okay? makes sense. So then at some point... During telogen, it'll fall out, and then you'll go back into antigen. If you do. Well. Yeah, right? I mean, that's where we're getting at, right? So, yeah, that's true. But, you know, usually people, up until the age of, like, 35 or so. Right. Out of all the hair strands on your head, 85 to 90% of them are in antigen phase. Like, they're actively growing. Right. Okay? And they do that for, like, two to four years at a time. Wow. And then, they're only in telogen for, like, a few months. Okay. Okay? And then, you know, in... In your normal circumstances, about 10 to 15% of your hair is in telogen. It can kind of fall out. Okay. But in telogen effluvium, now we're talking 30 to 50% of your hair is in telogen. Way more of it is in this state where it's really easy to fall out. Yeah, okay. And then a lot of it will. You'll see people, they'll like run their hands through their hair and a bunch of hair will come out. Gross. Right? It's like, holy shit. What the fuck just happened? So right. it in itself is a very stressful situation. Right. Now, usually telogen effluvium is reversible. It lasts like maybe six months. Oh, okay. But it's a very stressful six months, especially at the start when you don't know what the fuck's going on. Does that cause like a cascading downward spiral? So usually the kinds of triggering stresses involved are like very acute stress. Right. Like just a punch in the diaphragm. From Cobra Kai. <laughs> yeah. maybe, maybe if it's from Cobra Kai. <laughs> not just a regular punch. Oh, my hair! Because that's not good enough. Yeah. Like a severe infection. 
Okay. Yeah. Or like extreme weight loss, right. extreme hormonal changes, really big life changes that yeah. like really seriously stress you Just out. Just the day, November 3rd, 2020. <laughs> yeah, maybe actually. <laughs> yeah. And so the thing is though, that telogen effluvium happens like two to four months after whatever triggers. Oh, that's interesting. Your physiological or psychological stress. Okay. Because it'll shove some of your hairs basically into telogen faster than normal. Right. But telogen itself takes a few months. Interesting. Okay. So, so basically, you don't super notice until a little bit afterwards. So for us, it would be like January. Yeah. All of our hair is going to fall out. Yeah. Well, that's around the right time anyway. Is it? It's going to be cold up there. Well, if Trump wins is what I'm saying, because then uh, we can lose all our hair when he's inaugurated. That's true. And we yeah. could all wear wigs like he does. and It'll be beautiful. That's true. Um, what? <laughs> <laughs> okay. So it is both true that big stressor events seem to cause telogen effluvium. Mm. It is also true that I have not been able to find good studies on how systemic stress results on like a cell level. Right. How it results in telogen effluvium. Yeah, that is confusing. Okay. So I've looked. There are not very many good papers on this. Did you type fluvian right? Did you remember both Fs? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I typed it wrong a couple of times. Like the, yeah. Uh, telogen flu- flutium. <laughs> so there is a little info out there. And by the way, if some listener out there is a hair expert and wants to talk to me about it. I thought Matilde was a hair expert. Yeah. I got, I got a little info out of her. But she's all follicles or something. But if she wants to tell me more, she can email. Mm. Or, I mean, she's got my phone number, so she can text me. But other yeah. you other people. Yeah. You can email us at petridishpod at gmail.com. Sexy. Or on Twitter at Dish Podcast. And just like hit us up. P E T R I D I S H. Too long. P O with an umlaut. <laughs> D dot Q O M. Fuck! <laughs> <laughs> Fuck. Okay. So, first of all, both cortisol and some of the hormones that lead to cortisol production. Okay, like the stuff that we were saying that the pituitary gland makes. Yes. And the stuff that the hypothalamus makes. Yes. All of that stuff. All of those can actually be made in the skin and hair follicle. Kinky. Completely separate from your hypothalamus. I knew my hair was alive. It talks to me. What they kind of say is like, it's almost like your skin has its own HPA axis. That's pretty cool. It's like how an octopus's tentacles are like... Yeah, yeah. Whoa. It is a little reminiscent of that kind of idea. It seems like your skin can independently get stressed out. Dude, I always knew my skin was an alien that lived on my body. (laughs) But what I will say anyway is that these stress hormones, especially the precursor signals, so before cortisol, the ones uh, CRH, that's the one the hypothalamus does. Yes. ACTH, that's the one the pituitary gland does. These can apparently interact with what are called mast cells in Mm. your skin. You forgot alpha MSG. What's that? Alpha MSH, yeah. That's another one that the pituitary can send out. Sick. Um, these can apparently interact with mast cells. Mast cells are innate immune cells we talked about in our innate immune episode. They are some of the ones that dump out a lot of chemicals. And they can cause like kind of allergic reactions and things like that. Cool. So, those mast cells, when they get hit with these signals, with these earlier precursor stress signals, can dump out a lot of chemicals. And they might like damage the hair follicles. Or, like, set the hair follicles into, like, panic, go into telogen mode. Damn, well, that's what Trump tried to avoid. He didn't want us to panic. <laughs> wow, good thing he's president. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and it all worked out great. Until Bob Woodward <laughs> had to tell us a lot later. <laughs> 
Anyway, so that's one of the best theories that I've heard for the telogen effluvium part so far. Okay, so then definitely stress impacts losing hair and going gray. Oh, going gray. Yeah. We got to take a break. And after that, we got to talk about your sexy, sexy gray hair, Sean. I do have a lot of gray hair. Your salt and pepper mane. Is all of this from stress or is it all genetics? Let's find out. (laughs) On Petri Dish. Yeah, yeah. Let's take that break. The following is an actual advertisement. Hey everybody, this is Nerd Bomber here, one of the co-hosts of the Online Warriors podcast. Our weekly podcast started as a way for three friends to keep in touch and discuss their passion for movies, gaming, technology, and entertainment. And since then, we've grown into a fantastic online community. Every Wednesday, we release a new episode discussing the latest nerdy news, and then we go hands-on with our weekly adventures and a fun trivia show. Sound interesting? Check us out on every podcast platform, including Spotify and Apple Podcasts, or hit us up at onlinewarriorspodcast.com. Doom, 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 doom. <laughs> nom, 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 <laughs> yeah. yeah, we're back. Yeah, thank, thank God that's over. Ah, um, uh, yes. Okay. The idea that stress causes people to go gray has been around for a very long time. Right. Look at Obama. Obama! The whole top of his head just looks like one of the cigarettes he smoked now. Yes. And now, on a basic level, the coloring of your hair has to do with what are called melanocytes in the hair follicle area. Okay. Okay. They're the same ones that give pigment pretty much all the places you have pigment. Skin color. My feet. Yep. That that spot too. Well, you said, oh, I misread your notes. I thought you said color in your feet, but I put the F down on the set right there. My bad. Yeah. But it's true. It's the same thing that makes your feet. Your feet color. Yeah, those are also melanocytes. Yeah, kind of blue, fungal, gray. <laughs> That's melanocytes, uh, yeah. not a fungus. <laughs> <laughs> so these melanocytes in the hair follicle, typically once your hair strand starts going, right, once it starts getting grown, yes, the color that it is is more or less set, Okay. usually. Okay. okay so if, it's, if you've started the hair growth and your hair is black, then it's probably going to stay black. Yes. But once you're starting a new hair strand, that hair color might change. Okay, and that could be based off of how many melanocytes are around, how much melanin they're dumping into the hair strand. Yeah. So every once in a while, for example, I will have a hair that is randomly like red. Oh, sexy. I have some red facial hair. Right. Yeah. 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 And that has to do with the melanocytes and how much melanin they're putting into the hair strand. And I'm quarter Portuguese. (laughs) Portuguese. (laughs) Anyway, so the point where you would switch up from black to gray is you would have a black hair... It would go into telogen, fall out. And then when you're starting the new hair, right, early antigen for the new hair, that's when it would decide to be gray. Okay. Okay. So you have to go through a cycle first. Okay. Now, over time, as you age, you lose your melanocytes and therefore you lose your hair pigment. And this is very genetics dependent. So some people go gray earlier than others. Okay. So genetics age, nothing to do with stress. That's totally an old wives tale. Well, it is an old wives' tale, but whether or not it's true is controversial. It's old cuckold's tale. For a while, my the... hair went gray and my wife went away. <laughs> <laughs> the the big consensus for a while with a lot of scientists is that they don't think that stress actually really matters for hair graying. Oh, interesting. That it's okay. actually genetics and age. But scientists are famously wrong about things. <laughs> they used to think the world orbited. No, wait. Whoops. The sun <laughs> orbited around the world, but Galen. Was a dumb sometimes. How does that quote go in Mac and It's Always Sunny? 
science is a bitch sometimes. Yeah, proving that he was just another science bitch. <laughs> yeah, yeah, there we um, go. I, I, I like It's Always Sunny references, though, so I do appreciate that. Okay, but I guess broadly speaking, people couldn't think of a reason why stress would cause a melanocyte issue. Okay. Okay, and... At the same time, there were, it's not like it was fully settled. There was a lot of scientists that were like still looking into it. There was like, there's gotta be some reason. Right. But most of the evidence was coming out that it was like, uh, we were not really finding anything. A paper came out this year, 2020, that actually provides a process that could explain how stress grays your hair. Right. Okay. Uh, now the study was in mice. So there are caveats about its applicability to humans, blah, blah, blah. But basically to color your hair, you have melanocyte stem cells, and they're hanging out kind of around your hair follicle, okay? And every time that you're starting a new antigen, those stem cells produce the mature melanocytes that actually color your hair. Right. And then every time that you go into catagen, those mature melanocytes die, and your stem cells go to sleep. Okay. And they take a nap until the next early antigen. Okay. And then they basically go through that cycle over and over again. But eventually... They get worn out. And then that's what happens as you age, is your stem cells get worn out. Mm. And then they can't produce new melanocytes, new mature melanocytes anymore. Damn. Now, what scientists did was they stressed out a bunch of mice. And when they stressed out these mice, like student loans. Yeah, okay, right. These mice couldn't take it. And a lot of their hair turned gray. Yeah, they just like made them PAs and Ellen DeGeneres' show. <laughs> Very stressful. Very stressful. And what they saw was that in the hair follicles of these mice, their melanocyte stem cells were gone. Mm -hmm. They had gray hair and their stem cells were gone. But where the fuck did the stem cells go and how? Why right. did this happen? Right? right. And so one idea that had been floating out there is maybe it's an autoimmune issue. Okay. That stress does some stuff to your immune system, and then your immune system flips out and kills your melanocyte stem cells. Jesus. So they did this experiment again in mice that don't have an immune system. And did it, what happened? They still went gray. Whoa! And the stem cells still disappeared. Wow. Okay, so mystery continues. It's yeah. not autoimmune, apparently. Okay. And so then the next idea is like, hey, we're stressing them out. Maybe it has to do with the cortisol mm -hmm. or the adrenaline or something that's coursing through their blood. Okay. So... They went and they took mice and they genetically engineered them so that they could not respond to cortisol anymore. Okay. No effect. Still went gray. Huh. Stem cells still went away. Okay. So it's not cortisol Okay. Anymore. And they took mice and they got rid of their adrenal glands. So they're not producing any of the adrenaline or cortisol getting dumped into their blood. Doesn't matter at all. Didn't stop it from happening. Okay. So the graying didn't have anything to do with any of that shit. Okay. It had to do with stress, but not with that adrenal part of stress that we were talking about in the last episode. Okay. So then how? How the fuck is this happening? Okay. So in your blood, things like norepinephrine, the adrenaline stuff, right? That comes from the adrenal gland. Okay. But like we were saying, places like your skin, they almost have their own HPA axis. They almost have their own thing going on. Okay. And that includes norepinephrine secretion. Okay, interesting. In the skin, having nothing to do with your adrenal gland. Okay, interesting. So when they looked at that, when they looked at norepinephrine levels getting released from your sympathetic nervous system neurons right nearby the hair follicles, that's, secreting out norepinephrine. That's the fucker. 
that shit is doing something to the stem cells. It's causing the stem cells to flip out, make a bunch of mature melanocytes, burn out. Like, they're way overworked. They're working 80-hour work weeks all of a sudden. They're producing a shitload of melanocytes. Yeah. They start leaving the area. Mm. They just traffic away. They just drive off. And then you don't have any more left over in the hair follicle. Well, can't I just, like, take a Marvin Gaye album and just rub it on my forehead then? Like, can I put some topical de-stress cream on Tell my forehead? Like, hey, everybody, let's chill out. Yeah. You know what I mean? Maybe. Some Jimmy Buffett. So part of the thing about topical creams, it's a little hard to get them through the skin barrier, right? right. We talked, we had skin episodes, so, right. you know, we know it's hard to get in there. Can't I but, attach mine to, like, little heroin molecules, so it just, like, goes straight through everything? Well, you could imagine that there are some creative ways people are coming up with to yes. get through the skin barrier. Okay. And you can imagine something like that might be able to intervene in these situations hmm. and help keep the stem cells healthy and happy. Okay. Because stem cells live, all stem cells, all over your body live in something called a niche. They have like a little environment around them. Right. That keeps them happy because they're kind of delicate. Right. And so norepinephrine, one way or another, is affecting their niche. Maybe them directly or the other cells around them. Right. You can imagine, hey... What if we come in, we try to keep it nice for them? Mm -hmm. You might be able to counteract that. Okay. And so cool. I think that's real. There's a lot of challenges to that. Right. But I'm, I'm positive there are people working on it. Because, man, gray hair, scourge of civilization. Can't have that. <laughs> See, you know, it is funny. I like my gray hair. Yeah, um, I know. I like it too. Some people have asked me, like, are you going to dye your hair? It's like, yeah. no, man. I want to look like a Japanese witch. Like, I want to look old as fuck. Yeah. That's you're like what I'm going for. You're sexy. You're so I, I want to be like 70, 80 year old looking. I know a lot of people who lust for you and it's very gross. <laughs> 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 you already lie so much on air. You really got to toss that lie in there too. It's not, not a lie. That makes me uncomfortable how little it's a lie. It's like, I wish people stopped going up to me and be like, I want to fuck your bro. And it's like, it's like, okay, calm down. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Marky Mark. Like, get in line. Get brothers in. first. <laughs> <laughs> you must be this tall to fuck my brother. <laughs> okay, so is that, is that it for yeah. us, baby? So that's the episode for today. All right, so to recap, we talked about the HPA axis, right? The hypothalamus pituitary adrenal. And then that led into the cortisol and the epinephrine stuff that we talked about last episode. What we're going to talk about next, a little preview. Who's giving the orders? Who's the shadowy counsel in your brain? Who's telling your hypothalamus in the first place to go boop, 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 and get more adrenaline going? Right. You got a lot of parts of your brain that are taking the external world signals, yeah. right? And then they're transforming them into some neural, bzz, 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 you know, signaling shits. Yes. And all of that's going to get translated down into hormones eventually. So that is next time. Uh, and I hope you guys stick around for that business. Woo! Let's say thank you to Stacy Song, our sound lord and engineer. Thank you, Brian Allen, for art. Griffin Allen for animation. Yep. Head over to our Patreon, patreon.com slash petridish. Toss us a buck a month or something like that for for all of this uh, silliness that we're doing. Rate and review us. And tweet. Tweet at us. Yes, at Dish Podcast for Twitter. You can rate and review us wherever the fuck you want. But if you're, like, looking for a place, there's a place called podchaser.com slash petri dish and you can rate and review us there uh, and we will see y'all next time